stationary. Y'all know I love to take notes. I love to write. I love to write on paper. I love to write notebooks. Matt, what'd you get me for Christmas this year? I got you notebooks and pens and organizers. Correct. I love it. Uh, And I find that it genuinely helps me remember things better as opposed to typing them or like putting them on a, like a text file or whatever, actually writing something down physically helps me a lot. It helps me organize my thoughts. It helps me get my work done. And ever since I got my new uh, iPad and I got the Apple Pencil with it, I have been doing that on there, and that's great. The only problem I've had with it, it doesn't quite feel like writing on paper, which I, is a feeling I like. We have the solution to that problem. That's right. Paper-like. As I mentioned at the top of the show, it's a screen protector for your iPad. It uses a proprietary technology called nanodots. With those nanodots, you feel the natural resistance of paper on your iPad screen. It is a paper-like feeling on your iPad. So if you're drawing, if you're taking notes, if you're using your iPad like you would a notebook, here's the way for it to really feel natural. And Chris, I know you love that. You you have an iPad, you got a paper-like and I'm sure it's, it feels just right for you. It does. It feels great to use. Also, Matt, you know I'm very particular about paper. I have yes. specific brands of notebooks that I will and will not use. And paper like feels good on the iPad. Uh, they also make accessories for the pencil to make the pencil a little more comfortable to hold. They make uh, accessories to help you clean the iPad as well. They've got it all. The ability to handwrite notes in a digital form is great to begin with, but getting that extra tactile feeling that makes me happy while I do it, (laughs) that gives me that little dopamine, that little serotonin burst that I like to have, is fantastic. The latest version of the Paperlike is manufactured in Switzerland using high-quality plastic foils designed for maximum picture clarity. You're not going to lose any of the definition of your iPad screen If you put a paper-like on there, and these foils are developed exclusively for paper-like products, it also always comes in a set of two, so you have a spare. Look, we know a lot of artists listen to this show. If you're an artist and you're looking for a way to make drawing on your iPad feel a little bit better, this is how you do it. So, to pick up your paper-like, head over to paperlike.com slash Ajax, click Buy Paper-like, and select your iPad size. From now, right now, until the end of January, Paperlike is also including their digital pro planner bundle at no extra cost for every order placed through the Paperlike store. Plus, shipping is completely free. So if you're ready to do more with your iPad, head over to paperlike.com Ajax to get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Comics Catch-Up. This is the show that uh, we do, me, Chris Sims, and... With me as always, Matt Wilson. Uh, hi. Where, hi. Where we catch up on comics that we missed because we only like to read old comics now. I mean, we read some new comics, but we don't necessarily read steadily through entire stories or runs. We dip in and out to do reviews on War Rocket Ajax, and so we don't stay up to date on all the comics that are coming out and so it's it's true sometimes we miss them and look sometimes we missed them in 1995 sometimes we missed them in 1986 nah i read like, all those like with long shot okay yeah we did miss that one but uh i wouldn't say i missed it <laughs> oh got him got him some 37 
36 years later. Yeah, unfortunately, who I, the um that I got was uh, Innocenti and Art Adams, who I quite like. So Yeah, two great creators. So, okay, so on the show we read older comics sometimes, but a lot of times we read more recent comics that we weren't able to read the first time around. And uh, one that we definitely missed the boat on is a book that people have been telling us to read for months now. And that is the series, the Black Cat series, that started in 2019, then ended. I believe it ended around the time comics just stopped in 2020. Comics just stopped for a minute. For about three months, comics just stopped. Then it came back with a new 2020 series. We're only doing the 2019 series of Black Cat this this time around because I thought maybe we could break this into two parts like we did with the Ewing guardians of the galaxy. And I thought maybe we would do black cat 2019 and black cat 2020 in two episodes, but Chris, I skipped ahead to the end of black cat 2020 to kind of see if it wrapped up all the storylines that this 2019 series starts. And uh, brother, it just keeps going. It goes. It goes. And that's kind of frustrating because the thing that is set up pretty early on, like the thing that's essentially set up in number one continues on through the end of the first series and into the second series. Yes, but the second series doesn't end neatly either. It goes okay, this series the 2019 series goes twelve issues. The 2020 series goes ten issues. And you might think it like wraps up all the storylines and stuff. But instead, it lets us all know that the story will continue in Giant Size Black Cat Infinity Score. So it's really hard to define where the the complete story of Black Cat is. Look, listeners, if you want to tell us, here is the full story of Black Cat, the, of Jed McKay's Black Cat, let us know that, and then we will maybe read more and adjust the ranking accordingly. I do think that where we rank these 12 issues from 2019 – will pretty much be where the ranking of Black Cat is. I think this is going to be a consistent quality throughout situation. But I felt like this one was kind of hard to define as to where the story ends. The thing I was getting at is, since what is started at number one continues into the second volume, which would be essentially number 13, Jed McKay, did you pitch like a 24-issue Black Cat story? And you were like, yes, this Black Cat series will go for 24 issues, and I will get to do all of these things, including having Dracula in it. Because let me tell you, I once pitched something that was supposed to go 24 issues and have Dracula in it, and buddy, that didn't happen. But surprisingly, this sort of kind of did work out for Jed McKay. Oh no, like I'm I'm happy that it did. It's just it is a it's a swing I would not have taken on on Felicia Hardy the Black Cat. Sure. It it is kind of surprising that this Black Cat series goes 12 and then it got another 10 after that and there seemed to have been more specials and other things that have come since. Uh, I know that there was the Infinity Score one-shot. There was also, very recently, Mary Jane and Black Cat Beyond, which is part of the Bla- of the Beyond Amazing Spider-Man stuff. That's, that's but, like, number, number 14 Beyonce? <laughs> yes, 14-point Beyonce. So, look, I don't know. We're going to rank these 12 issues, because... That is what Marvel told us was a volume of Black Cat. Okay? Yeah. But what weirds me out about this is that, like, look, I am not generally 
one of those people who is like, oh, comics, the numbering's too bad. People don't know how to read. If you want to figure it out, you'll figure it out. All right? Like, if you, like, you just need to, all the information is there. You can just figure it out. You know, I, th- that is today's equivalent of of you and me as kids going through back issues and being like, man, this is a good, this is a good looking issue of G.I. Joe. I hope it does not continue into the next one. Because <laughs> I'm only buying this one. At the same time, A, Marvel decided numbers don't mean anything anymore and that anything can be a number. Which is... That's, I mean, evidenced by number 89 point Bay, B, Beyonce. And well, they were doing point nows a bunch a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And now they yeah. and now they have uh, uh, LGY numbers on them. People always yeah. made fun of triangle numbers, but here we are with LGY numbers. I mean, legacy, legacy numbers, numbers have been legacy numbers have been on the books certainly since the Wade and Waringo Fantastic Four, which was fifteen years ago. <sighs> yes. So, but also they've been a thing for a while. But yeah, I get your point. Black, but if you read these in uh, collected form, in paperback form, Black Hat Volume One is one through five. Black Hat Volume Two is six through ten. There's two more issues in an annual. <laughs> Where are those? Did those get in with the next volume of Black Hat? Is Black Hat Volume Three Black Hat Eleven, Twelve, One, Two, and Three? <laughs> I don't know. I, d- I don't have the trade paperbacks, so I don't know. I read all of these on Marvel Unlimited on the app, so do I do not know how they how they were collected. I can tell you this though: it is a fun series, regardless of any confusion about where the stories start and end. I really enjoyed this series. It is all written oh, yeah. by Jed McKay, as you mentioned. The art is by a collection of different artists. It, it seems as though Travel Foreman is meant to be the series artist from the beginning because he does draw the first few issues. And Travel Foreman's art style has changed considerably since the early 2000s when he was doing Wildcats. <laughs> yes. Yes, but you know we're all a lot older now. Yeah, I, I like it more. It feels more comicsy. It feels more when, fluid, I guess. When he drew a younger man's comics. <laughs> <laughs> what, what I remember about those Wildcats comics that Travel Foreman did was that they looked really detailed and really good. I remember being very impressed with Travel Foreman's art back then, but also it had a sort of like posed static quality to it. D- d- does that strike you as an accurate depiction of the art back then? I am having a lot of trouble remembering because I always get Travel Foreman and Travis Charest confused, and they're very different artists. You know what? I'm confusing them right now. I was about to say, did both of those dudes draw Wildcats? Because Travel Foreman didn't do Wildcats. That was Travis Charest. Travel Foreman did that run on Animal Man and the Iron Fist, like post-fraction Immortal Iron Fist. Okay, yes. so I, I'm glad that that I, I fessed up to that and you realized you also do it. Yep, I absolutely get Travel Foreman and Travis Charest mixed up because I just did. <laughs> so this definitely looks more like what I remember Travel Foreman's art looking like because that Iron Fist series, he Travel Foreman took over after David Aja left Iron Fist, and it had the dynamism and sort of fluidity that is definitely in this Black Cat book. So it hasn't changed that as much as I thought. Uh, the Animal Man that Travel Foreman drew also had 
these qualities in it. Oh, Trouble Foreman also drew a bunch of issues of uh, the Al Ewing Ultimates, which we definitely read. The ones that yeah. were not by Kenneth Roca for it. Yeah, okay. who does draw more like Travis Charest? Uh-huh. <laughs> it all comes back. It all comes back around. Here's the basic idea of this book. Black Cat has these two lovable henchmen that she works with all the time. Dr. Boris Corpse. Dr. Boris Corpse. That's pretty good. And uh, Bruno Granger. Uh, Dr. Boris Corpse is a smart guy. And a safe cracker. Bruno Granger is ex-military. He's a fighter. He was a heavyweight champion. And they pull heists. And so we see them right from the beginning uh, pulling a heist. And we also find out that Black Cat, Felicia Hardy, is not in well with the New York Thieves Guild. I've been trying to think all day. Is there anything there where we can be like, the Thieves Guild, (laughs) instead of the Thieves Guild? Ribbon the Bow and his Thieves Guild is brought up in this book on one occasion. Because what we find out about the New York chapter of the Thieves Guild, which is run by Odessa Drake, is that... Wild name. Yeah, great, great name. Odessa Drake's family has always been in charge of the Thieves' Guild, but at one point, when she was really young, the New York chapter of the Thieves' Guild was essentially removed from the greater Thieves' Guild community because of uh, bad actions. Thieves' Guild community. That's right. The Communities' Guild. Uh Uh-huh. And Odessa Drake has to make a deal with the high up thieves to get the New York guild reinstated so she can have some authority. And so that's what she is. And now she's sort of like the queen of thieves. Uh, And she is not fond of Felicia Hardy. Also by the end of the first issue, we get the return of Felicia Hardy's mentor the Black Fox, who is such a, like, in this book, such a, like a classic thief kind of character. A, a uh, real a real gentleman thief. Got that mustache. We also find out in a backup at the end of the first issue that uh, the Black Fox tricked and stole from Dracula. Yeah. He, he, it, this is how I knew that I was going to dig this book, which yeah. perhaps unsurprisingly I did. Not only does this book have the black Fox, like, like the, the big deal here is that the, uh, the black Fox is playing, uh, playing poker with Dracula, which is very good. Or no, it's Baccarat. He's playing back. Cause of course he is. Yeah. Cause uh, that's, which, that's a high class game. That's the thieves game. Uh-huh. Not only is he is he doing a heist on Dracula, but the way that he gets away with it is that there's a very funny bit where he's like, Yeah, you just make it somebody else's problem. <laughs> and the person that he has chosen to make it their problem, that's right, Matt. It's Ulysses Bloodstone, Elsa Bloodstone's father. Yes, it is. The the central character of the upcoming The Bloodstone Hunt. Catch that well, uh, in, uh, in a, a, a more Rocket Ajax near you. The upcoming, as of 1989, yeah, the Bloodstone Hunt. We we will be coming up to the Bloodstone Hunt. Yes. Uh, so, the Black Flox arrives to bring Felicia and her team into and a team. team of thieves into an increasingly large series of heists or an increasingly more Marvel comics bullshit series of heists. I think that's a good way to put it to 
pull off some big score in the end. And the big mystery of the book is, what is this big score that the Black Fox wants to pull off? We do not get that answer in these 12 issues, by the way. That is yet to be revealed. That is... That's the most frustrating thing about this, is that we go through multiple issues, and none of the heists are long enough to kind of be their own arc. Yeah, they're kind of like single-issue stories a lot of times, or or maybe an issue or two. So, in issue two, the heist is to find the original deed to the island of Manhattan. Which is, which is it, it, you know where it is. It's in Doctor Strange's uh, uh, giant library. In the St. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of fun stuff with that. But that's that's two issues. Yeah, and and to get to that library, uh, they hire another wizard, Xander, who ends up becoming Xander the Merciless. And so issue three is a big fight with Xander the Merciless in the Sanctum Sanctorum, which is also extremely fun. Uh, we see Dr. Strange, I think does eventually show up, but it's a lot of like, of it's a lot of Dr. Strange's stuff that we see through most of this issue. In fact, I don't think Dr. Strange shows up. It's just, uh, he shows his, up very quick, like very briefly at the end. Okay. But it's mostly like his ghost dog and, uh, the butt who's, which this proves how much Jed McKay loves Dr. Strange and, why Death of Doctor Strange was so good. Because <laughs> it's just all this, like, stuff, ancillary stuff around Doctor Strange. Uh, like the, the the Caduceus snakes. Oh, also, there's a running gag that I don't know if it quite lands or not. Black Cat keeps telling everybody she's Silver Sable. Yeah, that starts in this issue because uh, she is mistaken for Silver Sable by Bats the Dog. And she's like, that's right. That's who's robbing Doctor Strange's house. It's Silver Sable. Which is very funny, because there is a payoff to that, like, ten issues later. Yes. It, it is funny. But, given how similar Black Cat and Silver Sable look, I could imagine how that could be very confusing for the reader. <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing, Matt. I mean, you, you would know you're reading a Black Cat book because there's Black Cat on the cover, but... Yes. I don't I don't think this is for people who would confuse Black Cat and Silver Sable. You're probably this right. This is not a comic. I'm not saying this comic is, like, not friendly to new readers. I'm saying that I cannot imagine reading this comic as a new reader because fucking... There's a mention of Henry Hellrung in this and that Henry Hellrung played Tony Stark in a movie. That's Matt Fraction, Terry Dodson, Defenders continuity. It sure is. Yeah, man. You gotta put this, it there. This is for... This, this book, it's for you and me. The next little mini-arc after stealing the deed to the island of Manhattan is Black Cat going into the... Fantastic Four's new headquarters, their most recent headquarters, which is not the Baxter Building nor Four Freedoms Plaza. It's whatever they call their headquarters now. It's number four Yancey Street. Yeah, yeah, it's on Yancey Street. That's right. This time, what Black Cat is trying to get is a book, which is specifically uh, a, a journal or a diary. It's the papers of Phineas Randall, who is this really well-known alternative scientist, I guess you would call him. He's a fringe scientist. No, and not Dr. A, Corpse is a, Dr. Corpse is a huge fan of him. Is that a character with whom you are familiar at all? Phineas Randall? No. Yes. No. Because what I was trying to figure out, th- there is a brief mention of Kun Lun early on yeah. in this book. And I was trying to figure out if Phineas Randall was part of the Orson Randall line. The, Has to you be. Know, Orson Randall, the letters fall off, and that's how you get Danny Rand. 
uh, the Iron Fist. Right. So right. I'm wondering if like that's what we're gonna find out is that the the place that they're going the the vault that has all the treasure in it is uh, Kunlun. Kunlun. Yeah, that's uh, probably a good call because. I had forgotten that Phineas Randall does appear in Immortal Iron Fist. Oh, okay. Does the he? Brubaker, the Brubaker Aja of Immortal Iron Fist. There are Andrew four Atkinson. appearances. Wait, what did I say? You said Brubaker Aja? Oh, Ed Met Fraction. Yes. So there are four appearances of Phineas Randall in Marvel continuity. They're all from Immortal Iron Fist. Issue 4 of Immortal Iron Fist Volume 1, Immortal Iron Fist Volume 5, Number 5, and Immortal Iron Fist, Orson Randall in the Green Mist of Death, Volume 1, Number 1. I think he's Orson Randall's dad. Okay. So so it would – this – first of all – or, or ancestor. He's his ancestor because what happened was Phineas Randall crashed his airship into Kunlun with his pregnant wife. And that's how the Randall family ended up in Kunlun. Right. So, they're the original gentrifiers. I'll tell you what Jim McKay likes. Comics written by Matt Fraction. (laughs) Yeah, like, this is like... We talk about all those writers who were influenced by Grant Morrison. (laughs) Jim McKay seems to be a writer who is highly influenced by Matt Fraction. Yeah, because you know what else shows up in this? Is the the fucking Miss Thing suit? Yes. From Fraction's Fantastic Four. Yes. Yeah, because that dude, that dude's into Matt Fraction. A hundred percent. Because yeah, Felicia's henchman, who's who's not Doctor Corpse, the other guy, Bruno, gets in. Bruno, he gets in the Miss Thing suit, and it's great. But anyway, to get into for Yancey Street, number four Yancey Street, Felicia goes there on the pretense of a date with Johnny Storm. And she has to like sneak around as she as he's giving her a tour to try and grab this book, which she does eventually do. But wouldn't you know it, uh, Blastar comes in through uh, the portal to the negative zone. <laughs> and it's <laughs> The next issue, issue five, is all about the fight with Blastar. And uh, it's a hoot. And it finally ends with Sue showing up and just getting mad and telling everybody to leave. <laughs> Which is very funny. Yeah. Sue, Sue comes in and moms everybody. And uh, it's, it's very funny. But Felicia does make off with uh, the journal of Phineas Randall. So uh, that is, that is that heist next in issue six. uh, I believe we do start a new heist or maybe it's just kind of like a, a breather issue. Yes. This is the issue where uh, Felicia goes on the date with backtrack. What? Fantastic. Wait, Felicia goes on a date with Batroc, the Leaper? Yes. But with Batroc Zelipair. When does this happen? In issue six. That is not in the paperbacks. Oh, so they took that issue out of the paperbacks. Yeah. Because I did not read that, and that is a thing I would have remembered. What on earth? Why, why, Why would they remove that issue? I guess because it's not part necessarily of the larger story because it it is just felicia going on a date with batrock and then they go steal some stuff together at a fancy apartment uh but also we see the black fox out trying to steal, steal some stuff on his own and odessa takes him kidnaps him takes him prisoner so that is a pretty important part of the story. Yeah. Which, where does that, does that continue? It, okay. I'm mad now because I don't think <laughs> six or seven is printed in the paperbacks. Weird. Yeah. 
super weird because I read volumes one and two. That is so strange. Well, I, look, I'll tell you, uh, Travel Foreman is not on issue six. Mike Dowling comes on as the artist uh, in issue six. I do like the issue, the art, quite a bit. Felicia goes on a date with Batroc Zellipair. Uh They talk about how much uh, they, they find superheroes attractive, even though they're annoying. And then they go steal stuff, and Batroc steals her a blender from a that's, really fancy apartment. I'm like mad now because that sounds delightful. It's very and fun. For me, it just picked right back up with the Madrefor story, which is very fun. Okay, so that's basically what happens in issue six. Also, the Black Fox gets kidnapped by Odessa. Uh, that's that's what happens pretty much entirely in issue six. Then in issue seven, which Man, both of these issues are on Marvel Unlimited, uh, so I don't know. Um, but I think issue seven is Felicia going to rescue Black Fox. So there's a lot of history given between Odessa, her father, Castillo Drake, Walter Hardy, Felicia's dad, and the Black Fox. So, so essentially we get the whole backstory of how Black Fox trained both Felicia's dad and Odessa's dad. He was mentor to both of them. Uh, but Castillo decided to go off and uh, start things like his own crime syndicate, his own thieving organization. That angered Black Fox, uh, and Black Fox or uh, Castillo ends up dying. And Odessa thinks Black Fox killed him, but Black Fox is like, "I didn't kill him." Uh, also, in there, we get the explanation of how the New York Thieves Guild essentially got decertified. Uh, they offended the benefactress, is how it is. It is uh, put. Uh, That's forget what very that. important stuff. Yeah, I uh, was read. I was reading it, Matt, and I was like, "Oh, this is a breezy read. This is a quick uh-huh. one." Uh-huh. What the fudge? I forget what they did to make the benefactress who oversaw all the guilds so mad, uh, but somehow they did. They offended her, and she essentially made them pariahs among all the other thieves guilds. But Odessa ended up making a deal with like the super duper evil thieves overlords to get the New York guild back in the good graces. Uh, and so that's how the New York guild exists again. Black, after all this conversation between black Fox and Odessa, black cat comes crashing in and rescues Black Fox. And Odessa just lets them go. She's just like, I'm tired. You can just go. Do you even know about Black Fox? Do you know his real name? Do you know anything about him? And Felicia is kind of like, I don't really care. He all but raised me. And I will slit your neck open if I have to. And that's when Odessa says, okay, you can go. But that means we are now at war. So in the next issue, issue eight, with the Madripoor stuff, when they start talking about a war between Odessa and the Thieves Guild and Black Fox and Black Cat, that's what they're talking about. Wow, okay, yeah. That... I just thought some stuff was going on in the background. Nope. nope. It was foreground. It was in two issues that were never collected in the trade paperbacks? Maybe they're in – that makes things even more confused. This is – okay. This is the one time where I am now like, yep, you done did it. 
You threw, like, I have eaten my words from earlier in this show. They have thrown me, someone who has been reading comics for 34 years, they've thrown me off on this one, Matt. Yeah, weird. Uh, let me Why? let me look in the Marvel database. Let me see if the Marvel database has what's collected in what books. Because why would they take out issues six and seven? Yeah, it's funny because I was reading it and I was like, I was like, oh, so this is a quick, breezy read. It's very enjoyable. Bust it on yeah. through. Yeah, it's really confusing because. It seems like they should be, you know, more cognizant of issue seven. Certainly, having like all the backstory in it, like all the explanation for everything that's going on, even though we still don't know Black Fox's ultimate uh, goal, like what he ultimately wants to steal. It sounds like they they kind of messed some stuff up as far they as the goof this one buddy collecting the books in the trade paperbacks you biffed okay. it well cb you biffed it <laughs> i go right to the top uh, baby yeah you got to go all the way to the top you have read number 8 though because that starts the madripoor story yes i read i read the the madripoor story uh, which is uh, the other heist where Black Cat needs to go uh, steal something from Patch. And there's a very funny, like, one of them Brian Bendis sequences with all the heads. She's asking about Patch. And that's where we get the payoff for Silver Sable. Where Silver Sable is like, first Doctor Strange is calling me about a break-in, and now i got to deal with this. <laughs> it's very funny. <laughs> but then also, there's a, there's a very fun uh, Deadpool cameo in this bit. Where Deadpool goes, seriously? You don't know? Oh, no way. No spoilers. <laughs> Which is great, because Black Hat does eventually discover that Patch is Wolverine with an eye patch. That's right. Old, old, old Patch, who we've seen in many comics. Old Lucky Jim Wolver- himself. Wolver- Wolverine's many aliases over the years. Uh, art on... Issue eight is by DK Ruan and Annie Wu. Uh, so it looks nice, even though a bit inconsistent with the rest of the series. A little bit. Uh, also, but I, I liked it quite a bit. It's not like tonally inconsistent, I guess, is a good way to put it. Well, actually, Chris. Yes. Issue eight doesn't start the Madripoor stuff yet. What? Oh no, issue 9 starts Madripoor. Yeah, issue 8 is Black Cat and Beetle, the more recent Beetle, Beetle 2, uh, breaking into the Rand Corporation, Danny Rand's sp- spot, to steal the, uh, the plans for what she ultimately tries to make when they go to Madripoor. Unbelievable. Or no, that's that she steals the plans for what they ultimately try to make when she goes to Tony to Iron Man. To the to the fabricator that Iron Man has. Yeah. Uh yeah, that's what she steals from from Danny Rand and the Rand Corporation. It's also a very fun issue. So if that wasn't in the trade paperbacks that you read, also super fun. Um, I'm, I'm cheesed off, buddy. I'm really cheesed. Also, at the end of that issue, uh, Odessa Drake destroys uh, Black Hat's hideout and puts helpfully on the ground the word war in fire. Oh. Do you remember in the Daredevil movie? The, 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 the I almost call it the Mad Damon Daredevil movie, but that's not correct. It's a Joe Pantoliano Daredevil movie. <laughs> yes, where Joe Pantoliano plays his most famous role of Ben Urich. Yes, right. And there's that part where Daredevil beats up those dudes, and then Ben Urich is like, "I, I think it was Daredevil," and the guy's like, "It wasn't Daredevil." And then he like throws the cigarette, and there's like a Daredevil logo that, that yeah. lights up. Yeah, that's 
such like if you think about it for a minute, that is such a complicated and unlikely sequence of events. <laughs> like how would he like the gasoline would not have been there by the time the cops and reporters had arrived? Would have evaporated. Yeah. Yes. And how did, it, and it, how did Daredevil know that he was gonna throw a cigarette there? Why would Daredevil light it on fire himself? Yeah. Look, these are all good questions. Why didn't one of those dudes just go like, yeah, it was fucking Daredevil? It, it's, it was Daredevil. Well, how do you know? Because this is how Daredevil beats guys up. I've seen it before. Easy. <laughs> yeah, because all these guys said, oh, it was Daredevil. It was, a, it was a dude in a red costume who did ninja shit. Who beat the tar out of me. Uh, issue 9 has art by Chris Anka, which, again, maybe not totally consistent with the rest of the series, but looks very good. Very good. I really liked uh, the, the art in these issues. Uh, the Chris Anka art, I feel like, really plays up the humor. Like really expressive faces. So when you get that Brian Bendis talking heads page, everybody's very expressive and fun. Uh, it's good and, stuff. and it's, it's good stuff. So yes, black cat finds out that patch is Wolverine. They go to a big fancy party together where black cat is like, Towering over Wolverine. I don't know how tall Black Cat is supposed to be canonically, <laughs> but the fact that she's like five, six inches taller than Wolverine. Yeah. And I, she's not I, wearing, I checked, she's not wearing heels in that scene she is wearing, either. She is wearing heels. She's wearing heels. She, but well, when they walk into the casino, she's wearing heels. She's just got like low wedges when she when she meets up with Patch in his uh secret vault. Okay. Nonetheless, either way, she is like so much obviously taller than Wolverine. <laughs> it's very good, and uh, and I love it. I love everything about it. Uh, yeah, we stand so, short game. We sure do. Uh, so, come to find out that the person who has what they both want, because when she goes to see Patch or Wolverine. He's like, I, I don't have what you need. Uh, she needs a painting. And he's like, I don't have it. Who does have it is Kate Kilgore. Who, like, they go and find him in his penthouse. And he's like, I'm not giving you anything you want. Uh, and you can't take it from me. Because, what, is Krakoa going to declare war on me? I don't think so. So as an ethno state, which is very funny. You, it's not inaccurate. Cade Kilgore, not a, a Matt Fraction uh, character. That's a Jason Aaron joint. Yes, from Wolverine and the X Men, right? Yeah, yeah. They steal his little special sunglasses, which are a bleeding edge peripheral, and uh, and make off with them. Next issue, Chris, you you texted me to say like Wolverine. How is Black Cat swinging around with Wolverine, holding onto Wolverine? Wolverine can canonically weighs three hundred and fifty pounds. It wasn't even that, Matt. I didn't even ask. I just said Black Cat just jumped out of a window and is carrying Wolverine between her thighs. Wolverine canonically weighs three hundred and fifty pounds. <laughs> and then you you texted almost immediately after that to say, oh. They addressed it on the next page. <laughs> yes, which I like because, again, I do not know Jed McKay, never met Jed McKay. I feel like the Death of Doctor Strange was the first thing that you or I read uh, that he had worked on. But, Matt, we, we are vibing with Jed McKay. We really because are. Because we think about these comics in the exact same ways. Yes. Yes. Uh, it's... It's super fun. The whole bit in here where Black Cat and Wolverine want to put on Kate Kilgore's sunglasses, but they know that they're like, they probably have some kind of fail safe on them where it'll burn out their eyes. Mm -hmm. And then they ask Kate Kilgore, hey, would these have burned out our eyes? 
And he goes, of course they would have. <laughs> it's very Mwah. good. Mwah. Then the, it cuts to 27 minutes later, Lowtown, and Wolverine and Black Cat are suddenly fighting Frankensteins. Yeah, which is another thing, because Kate Kilgore was not the descendant of Dr. Frankenstein, but the other kid, one of the other kids in his Hellfire Club was. Yes. So he's hanging out. Yeah. Doing it up. Finally, they end up essentially drawing the attention of Cade onto Deadpool, who shows up, to try to kill Wolverine, because there's a bounty on both Black Cat and Wolverine. So they puncture Deadpool's torso with the end of a boat, uh, like the front piece of a boat. I don't know boat terms. And uh, then they put the sunglasses on him, and Kate Kilgore is tracking the sunglasses. So while they're tracking down Deadpool, Black Cat and Wolverine steal a bunch of Kilgore stuff, and she gets the painting she needs. That's the end of that heist. A ver- another very fun one. Uh, by the way, um, the the kid who is the descendant of uh, Dr. Victor Frankenstein is Baron Maximilian von <laughs> Baron Maximilian von Katzenlenbogen. A.K.A. Maximilian Frankenstein. <laughs> yes. <sighs> Issue 11 has art by C.F. Via, I would assume is how it's said. Also, good art. Again, maybe not quite consistent with the rest of the book. This involves Black Cat going into Stark Industries, into Tony Stark's office, disguised as a reporter who calls Tony Stark a coward to his face to get him to try to prove her wrong. Their whole plan here, and we see Black Cat and her team discussing this in between in flashbacks. They know that what's going to get under Tony Stark's skin is someone who doubts or challenges him. Mm -hmm. So they send Black Cat in in a red wig because Tony's got a thing for redheads to get under his skin and try to make he's going to try to prove that he's right or get her on his side. Meanwhile, they've also hired Firepower to come crashing in and make a distraction while Black Cat puts on a lab coat and goes down to the Nano Forge to build what she stole the plans for from Danny Rand. Uh, and it takes a while to do that. Uh, but she she finally does get this, like, key thing <laughs> that she needs the Nanoforge to build. I forget what the, the MacGuffin is, but it's... You know, it's a science device. It's a science device that's going to be part of a bigger heist later. But while she's in the middle of doing that, Tony Stark realizes that he's been distracted. He gets a notification that somebody's in the nanoforge. And so he comes rushing down to where the nanoforge is and tells her that she's got to come out. So then Black Cat emerges from the nanoforge with her own iron black cat armor, which has cat hairs <laughs> that she got the nanoforge uh-huh. to build really quickly. It has it has cat ears and long hair. <laughs> and a pink cat, light-up cat on the chest. Yeah, it's great. It's great. It's excellent. So the next issue is just a big firefight, dogfight between Black Cat and Iron Man uh, that results in Black Cat smashing into Odessa's apartment to have a final showdown with her uh, to try to end their war. And she, she, she says, uh, you want war, Odessa? This is what war with me looks like. And she's like, 
holding her down on the ground, threatening her with laser claws in her iron black cat costume. Tony Stark shows up and tries to stop things. And that's when we discover that Black Cat has never actually been inside the armor that she made. She's been controlling it remotely from still inside the Nano Forge. Yeah, it's a it's a really nice little heist bit. Yeah, because one thing that's been discussed throughout the issue is that Black Cat is flying in ways that are creating G-forces that no normal person could un- could withstand, right? And at first, you're, I think you're led to believe that, oh, because she's Black Cat, and she has these great reflexes and ag- agility abilities. Agility that, abilities. Yes, that she can withstand these G-forces. But the actual trick of the matter is, she was never inside the costume to begin with. Yeah. It's, and that's it, fucking great. It's really fun because it is it is is a definitely a thing where she keeps bringing it up and like the script keeps bringing attention to it, but not to the point of tipping its hand, which is very difficult to pull off because what is in the script is like, yeah, no one could do this. No one could be in one of these suits if it was turning this like this. But not to the point of actually like it doesn't it takes you exactly far enough at exactly the right time for you to have that nice little heist reveal moment, which I always appreciate. And that's hard to pull off. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but it's, it's really well done. Uh, and by the end, uh, she releases firepower and we get the, the end of, uh, the issue. Now there was supposed to be a 13th issue of this series. But it was canceled uh, because of, I guess, COVID stuff. Because this issue came out in August of 2020. And I think it was like September, October of 2020 when comics just stopped coming out. Yeah. How are you going to have a a comic book, Matt, about a character who has bad luck powers? And you're not going to you're not going to take it at number 13. Well, they meant to. And then they they rebooted with a new number one in uh, in 2021. The issue does end, I should note, with the uh, appearance of Queen Cat in a last page splash page. That's. Lily Hollister, mm-hmm. who used to be Menace. Uh-huh. So that's pretty cool. Tell you, man. Vibin. Vibin. Same vibes. Vibin on, on the shit that we also were super into uh, 10 to 12 years ago. Yeah, man. Listen. Th- nothing has made me want to have Jed McKay on our show more than this comic book. Even yeah. like does Dr. Strange and how much we re- both really, really liked it. Like I see now why, when we read that and we were like, Hey, this is really good. Who is this dude? People were like, Oh, you didn't read that black <laughs> series that has firepower in it. And the, and yeah. the Miss thing armor. Yeah. And a date, which you sadly unbelievable to read. I'm a, a date, a date with Batrock. <laughs> Gonna call out the paperback division. And, and I'm gonna raise some hell. I'm not gonna do that. Those people work very hard. And a a date with Orson Randall's dad slash ancestor. Or a not a date with, but his notes, his book of notes. So here's the thing. Black Cat Volume 2, I am sure it continues this story. But it starts with a tie-in to the King in Black. Not an immediate continuation of this. Yeah, which I know that you don't want to read for moral reasons. I mean, it's not for moral reasons. I just don't care. You're morally opposed to the character Venom. Not to the character Venom. Maybe to the character Null. I just don't have anything for Null. 
You don't have anything for Canol? Canol, yeah. Uh, <sighs> it's and, an alien and that you pronounce the K. Okay. I, I don't care <laughs> about the King in Black. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Sometimes I say things so stupid they make me laugh, Matt. <laughs> no, I, I see what you're saying. Look, that could be a comics thing where it's like, oh, you would normally – normally the K would be silent, but this is an alien language, so you pronounce the K. I, I just – like, I don't know if we should read – I mean, we should read the rest of Black Cat for sure. Yeah. But is is it necessary for ranking this to read Black Cat twenty twenty one or twenty twenty? I suppose one through ten. The only reason that I would like definitely want to is to make sure that like it doesn't drop the ball at the finish line. Cause you and I have both read a lot okay. of comics where we have been like, yeah, this is really good stuff. And then that last issue comes out and we're like, Oh, hang on. No, I'm sorry. Actually, this is trash. I don't think that's going to happen. Not based on how people talked about the series, not based on, uh, the extremely good last issue of death of Dr. Strange. Yeah. I feel like Jed McKay has proven pretty well. He can, he can crawl. Go across the finish line. Okay, so let's ask the question here then. Should we hold off on ranking, read the rest of the Black Cat series? That way you could catch up on six, seven, and eight of this one. Yeah, apparently, got to read them damn Batrock the Leaper issues. We, okay, we could read Black Cat 2020, one through 10. And at least that follow-up special. I don't think we have to read the Black Cat Mary Jane Beyond special. But I guess Black Cat 2021 through 10 and the special, we do those for March and then rank all of this. I think that's probably the better way to go about it. Because otherwise, okay. like I, I think we still don't know what the payoff is to the big heist. Yeah. Which I feel like that's, that is going to be a very make or break uh, part of the story. I don't expect it to be bad, but I expect it to be a pretty crucial part of a heist. And, it, you know, it feels like this has to pay off in that 2020 series. It has to. And the the special uh, so, okay, that's what we're going to do then. We're going to read Black Cat 2020 and the special in March, and then we'll just rank it all at the end. I had that question from the beginning of whether that's what we were going to do, and that's what we're going to do. And Chris, you can also catch up on the first volumes, six, seven, and eight as well, because those are good issues. Absolutely worth reading. All right, so that wraps us up. If we're not going to rank this time, we'll just wrap up, come back and read the rest of this Black Cat series next month. And uh, we hope you join us. Thanks for joining us for this Comics Catch-Up. Uh, if you would like to recommend something for us to catch up on, uh, you can do so by emailing us at warrocketpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on Tumblr, warrocketpodcast.tumblr.com. We're on Twitter, at WarRocketPod. Uh, we also have a Discord. A lot of people on our Discord told us about this book and how we should read it. Uh, you have to be invited to that Discord, so hit us up on any of those places I just mentioned, or Patreon, or wherever, uh, to get an invite to the Discord if you don't have one. Also, speaking of Patreon, patreon.com slash WarRocketAjax is where uh, you can help make sure that we keep doing comics catch up every month as well as all of our other shows uh as little as one dollar a month can help make sure that all our shows keep happening if you want to find me and my stuff i'm at mattdwilson.net it's got links to everything my social medias my books my comics and my other podcasts chris where can people find you People can find me at the-isb.com. That has links to uh, most of the stuff that I do online. 
that you can read and enjoy. Uh, just don't mention uh, Travis Charest or Travel Foreman. Same. I will not know which one is which. Yeah, we will be mystified. Two artists, I will never not know which one is which. To two very dissimilar artists who we will never be able to tell apart. Who have kind of similar names. Not even like really similar, just kind of similar. Travel and Travis are similar first names. (laughs) Yeah. That's really it. That's basically it. And Uh, yet, the wire in my brain. Yeah, same. Please let us know if you also get Travel Foreman and Travis Charest mixed up. Or tell us who, uh, who you get confused. Yes, please do. Uh, we'll see you next month, everybody, with uh, with more Black Cat. Yeah. Until then, uh, good catching up. Ooh.